Hello, Brisbane. of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello, and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane. And today, Henry, we venture far beyond where we've ever ventured before. Yes, we are going to Fig Tree Pocket. Highly requested, this one. Really hotly requested. i got to say, it's immediately apparent that, despite the fact I don't know a lot of people who live in Fig Tree Pocket, must have a massive GPS private school population, because mm. I know our listener base, and there's been a lot of requests. There's money out there, so we're going to go is. all the way out to the leaves that they fucking love yeah. talking about. Before we do, Unpakistani of the Week is back. Uh, you yep. would have seen on our socials today. It's been away Instagram. for about... Three months. Oh, I wouldn't say it was that long. I just... I'd say no one's quite reached the no. talent levels yeah. we require for an un-Pakistani. People think, oh, well, they said of the week, so they've held themselves to... Well, I'm like, well, no. It doesn't have to be every week if no one's meeting the standard. Be talented. Uh, but someone has met the standard. Uh, someone with a lens as sharp as their wit. Soared past the standard. Mai Tomei, uh Photography. Um, mm. they, uh, she, Mai, is a friend of ours. She is uh, just getting into the photography game. Up and coming. She would say. Up and coming. By her own admission. So, uh, go on to... I was... When I put the thing together today to put on the Instagram, I had a big scroll through her mm. Instagram, uh, my.tomay.photography. Go to our Instagram to give her a follow. Uh, gorgeous shots. Stunning. She could even make... She makes the uglies look good. Yeah. She can make us look good. She's more landscapes, not easy. but yeah. I'm a landscape. Yeah, you are a yeah, landscape, yeah. mate. You're plenty of me to love, mate. Oh. Bloody all 86 kilos. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so yeah, check her out. Now, uh, something we are going to talk about. We are taking a break. We're going to take two weeks off yeah. after next week. So you'll yep. get an episode next week, a suburb, and then we're going to have a hiatus. So end of season two will be next week. So we haven't decided what suburb we're going to do. So message in. Let us yeah. know what you would like the what? final suburb of season two to be. Uh, then so we'll I take I want to end. I want to end season two with a bang. Me too. I don't think we should just sort of piss our way out of what's been a great season, a season that's almost been four times as long as our first. Mm. Like I'm- like Seinfeld, because the first True. first season of Seinfeld was like five episodes weekly. Yeah, that's it. And then the rest of them. It's like every British sitcom. It's like, oh, this is my favourite show in the world. Mm. How many episodes of there? Oh, there's twelve. And Literally not, the office. And like a British sitcom, um, we're not going to do any more seasons. So no, there'll be two no. seasons. Uh, you can expect a Christmas episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> where oh. Henry and I finally kiss. Yep, we'll kiss. Because they love to resolve plot lines like nine months after they've happened. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Apparently in Downton Abbey. I never watched it, but apparently they kill off a major character in a Christmas special. Really? Um, so, a friend of the show in Kenan, Pakistani, Katie, was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't need to watch it. It's the Christmas special. Went to the next season and like a main character was dead. No, I don't expect I think any you- substantive plot development to happen in a Christmas special. No, no, not even West Wing or any of those shows that do properly good. And How I Met Your Mother, I would say. Yeah. Like shows that do good Christmas specials. You kind of need to give people a break. No one wants plot There's at Christmas. There's sort of a puff piece at the best of times. I imagine an Unpacking Brisbane Christmas special. Like our show is already not very serious or heavy. Mm. Like... We would have even less plot development. We'd do like, oh, what what suburb would be best for Santa? To yeah, or like what suburb to? has the best Christmas decorations? How many chimneys are there in Wilston? Can Santa well, get down them? I reckon it'd just be half an hour of talking about that one massive chimney in Newmarket. Which I think we did. And Which we, we did. We already covered. Yeah. But Hen, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the hiatus because I'm mm. currently recovering, uh, not so much from illness, but I had a COVID swab this morning yeah, and it hurts so much. See, no, I think we need to stop I, I think that's why people in Victoria weren't getting the test. True. Because the oh, it feels got great. Out of- oh, I came. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's oh, it hurts, but uh, hurts so good as John Kirkamelkamp told us. Mm, it's like yeah, cho- mm. it's like a choking sort of thing. Yeah, but be. no, no. Look, uh, look, go get COVID one. Test was your kink. Yeah, <laughs> and you've just been waiting for a you'd, flu you'd bad enough be, to justify this. Public come. health professionals would absolutely love you. Mm. They want us all to because I had like a tickle in my throat. My mum was like, "Go get tested." Mm. So it's it's just the most depressing time. But hey, it feels a million bucks, and mm. if you feel slightly under the weather, go get a test. But Henry and I are gonna. Book some sort of exotic destination for our hiatus. Do you Lincoln, reckon? Maldives, Fiji in winter. Fiji in winter. Fiji in winter. I've never seen Fiji in winter. I've no. never seen Fiji in summer. I've never seen Fiji. No. Well, Buller Henry, welcome to our hiatus. Buller. So Not too we're going We're gonna have a little hiatus, two weeks off, just to recharge and make sure we don't get stale or anything like that. But I have said to Joe, who clearly because he's recovering from his COVID swab because yep. he's made it his kink, wants the two weeks off. But I've said, mate. We promised the listeners something. We have not delivered on a promise of a certain dog detective special. Scooby-Doo, mate. No. You... No. Why not? I don't like Scooby-Doo. The people want a Scooby-Doo... It's not funny. Spe- it's... I it, never saw it Firstly, it is funny, it's but it's not, not even funny. trying to be funny. It, when it's not funny, it's gripping. It's like our show. When it's not funny, it's uh, gripping. You get it, invested in these mysteries. I But isn't the mystery always that I've never seen Scooby-Doo like mm. the fucking caretaker? Or like oh, someone pulling off a so mask classist. and being like, even the, uh, hello, I'm, you know, I'm the bad guy of Scooby-Doo. And Scooby's like, uh-oh, or yeah. whatever he says. Well, Scooby-Doo was ahead of its time because lots of people were wearing masks. Now what are we asking society Whoa. to do? Wear a mask. If you're in Victoria, I think. Scooby-Doo 3, yeah. coronavirus. Now the villains of Scooby-Doo are becoming the good guys wow. in life. See, already we're having fun now, talking no, about it. You've got to admit. Yeah, I mean, you look like you're having fun. I'm just thinking about how a dog detective scared me when I was younger and I never wanted to watch it. They filmed Scooby-Doo in... Brisbane. They did that. Yep. I thought it was the Gold Coast. Well, Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Brisbane's name in it. one scene that was shot in Brisbane. The opening scene, and we're going to talk about Where? this on the. We're going at Tennyson. We're going to fucking talk about this on the special that we're I doing. I don't know. I won't go on. What high are we going to do? Oh, 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 anything that's shot in Brisbane, are we going to do a special about it? We're going to do a special about slide. Maybe. Well, absolutely I would absolutely love to do a special about Slide. With Katie, a, a premature star of Slide. Yeah, we're going to get into that. But yeah. look, I'll do Slide. I'll do okay, slide. you'll do Slide. Well, listen, here's my here's my vow. Listeners, I want you to spam Joe Dwyer. I want social media campaigns. If you want to go on your break, Joe, if you want to take your COVID break, you will do the Scooby-Doo special or I will find another co-host for those two weeks. Well, see, I edit the show and I'll record figure it out. So I'll figure it out. I can't I'm wait with for tech. people to <laughs> listen to Unpacking Brisbane recorded unbroken on Henry's voice memos. Uh, if you send me your email, an I, Instagram em- story. <laughs> I, I email you a you know voice how to memo. I these episodes. <laughs> I mean, we could record Scooby-Doo and then I'll just record over it. Send me your address and I'll just come and do a show yeah, at the house. That's probably, yeah, yeah, that, that'll be easier. quicker yeah. than for me to actually yeah. try and do, do a live show that's you just raving in a park. Like a lunatic. Uh, um, so, yeah, a couple of things, though. Again, we might not go on this break if a Scooby-Doo okay. special is not delivered. That is the vow. Please, listeners, let Joe know. You want do. You also want we to go on a break, right? Do. No, I don't want to go on a break if we don't get Scooby-Doo. I don't want to go on a break. Well, I don't want to go on a break if we do Scooby-Doo. I don't want to go on a break if I've got blue balls or do balls because I'm here <laughs> thinking, God, I was, I'm edging myself with the... Co- like, even just See, now, I haven't seen Scooby-Doo, even- so I don't know whether do balls is a thing, but I kind of believe it. <laughs> Just the idea. If you can tell me the no, do balls is I in a kids movie, I'd do it. The most fun we've ever had in this podcast was that like thirty-five seconds earlier discussing Scooby Doo, and I, that was edging. I've had a taste, baby. That's and I want the most more. fun you've ever had on this podcast. I've had a taste, baby, and it's I want more. Horrible. Most fun I ever had was you taking us through all the lyrics of "Living Life in Hamilton." No, the listeners. Have you got a triumph you've written down to talk about today for two minutes? Uh, a personal well, victory. I actually have a Scooby Doo related thing I could read on the special. I'd make a note of that. Mm. But um, over the break, a couple of things. 
exciting news. Big announcement. Huge news. We have another live show. Yeah. We are doing another one. Uh, it's going to be in late August. Yeah. Um, we Tentatively won't... a Thursday night, so probably the 20th or the 27th. Looking, looking like a Thursday night. We won't give you the venue yet. Um, keep your eyes peeled. We'll be putting it all over the socials. We'll come back and remind you about it lots. Um, but yeah, late August on a Thursday night, it's going to be... Clear the day. Um, and I'm going to say, Henry, last live show was some of the most fun I've ever had. In my so life. much. Not just on stage. So much fun. Um, and we've heard great things, like mm. not even about our own show, but apparently it was a lot of fun for everyone who was there. Mm. I felt like despite the fact we had microphones, it really did just feel like a big chat with 45-year mates. So yeah, it's heaps and I think fun. And I think this live show maybe has slightly bigger capacity. Yes. So although tickets sold out in five minutes last time, maybe they'll sell out in seven minutes this time. That's exactly Be right. quick. Be fast. So, uh, yeah, we're going to put the link up soon. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then one... Other thing I quickly wanted to talk about before we get into Fig Tree Pocket. Oh, yeah. We have T-shirts. As we spoke about on air before, we have T-shirts and they sold pretty well, but we want to sell our T-shirts properly. We want to... And how do great companies, great clothing companies, you're you're the gaps of the world. Uh, um, um, Nike. You're Nike. Adidas. Adidas. You're champion. Champ. Champ. I'm Ralph. wearing a champion hoodie right now. Yeah, you are. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a Charles Turret shirt, actually. But Ralph these, Lauren on the wall. Ralph Lauren. All these great companies, mm. they have models, mate. Yeah. They don't, you, you don't see Tommy Hilfiger himself out there being like, no. hey, you want to buy I this? assume he's like old and looks like a fucking sultana. I assume he's a sexist. But Tom Hilfiger. the thing is, we need a model. So true. We aren't going to sell these shirts so if true. we don't get... And Brisbane has influencers aplenty. So here's what we want. We're going to do this... Miranda Kerr. Miranda Kerr. Sort of the godmother of the influencers of Brisbane. Here's what I'm thinking. Over the two weeks that we're off, we're not going to be inactive. From the Maldives or from Fiji, Buller, we're doing a model search. Send us, if you're a model, if you know a model, uh, we want to basically- be a model. I don't care. I'm I'm not that fussed about experience, Henry. No. If you can sell a shirt, you can sell a shirt. If you look good doing it, you look good doing it. Male or female models. Oh, um, yeah. We're looking for influencers. Uh, Maybe one of each. Um, So, send us- Maybe two of each. Maybe two of each. So, they could play doubles ping pong against each other. And that's the ultimate goal. They'll do that between the shoot. We want a uh, we want models out there yep. getting the shirts out there. So I'm think like, can we get Mitch Wayne? I think oh, I, like I, Isabella I, Gray. I think that's setting our sights a bit low. Yeah, I think we could do bigger. Okay, interesting. I, uh, surely like a, oh Chris Hemsworth or something. He could go for it. Mm, we love uh, we could we could do we could give Chris Hemsworth like a medium and get him to tents mm. and a shirt rips. Yeah. obviously he'd have to pay for it because like, unpacking. I don't want to give him a free shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, something. All right, yeah, that'd be good. Or Liam Hemsworth is like unpacking Peter Malark or yeah, great. I've seen Miley. Hunger Games recently. Anyway, so we'll... I yeah, want a model. Yeah, get us... If you're a model or get us in contact with a model, someone who will mm. model the unpacking Brisbane we also, shirts for us. On, on the shirts, we have, I think, one or two shirts left to sell. We'll so get some you, more printed. If you've missed out, uh, message us because they're flying off the shelves fast, but we'll have a bunch more merch ready for our live show. Mm. Um, I'm thinking bottle openers. Oh. I'm thinking bottle uh, holders. Hear me out. Sleep masks with yep. one of our faces on each eye, but great. on the inside. Yeah, so, you, so when the first you open thing you your see eyes, is yeah, us. That's great. That's great. great. Or like um, glasses, mm. yeah, but with our face on each lens. Mm. So uh, you go to sleep, take off your sleep mask. Cool. No more Henry and Joe. Put on your glasses. Who are you seeing? Henry and Joe. It's the so you spend your whole day as if we're looking at you. One more. Genuine steering wheel covers yeah. that over the horn say, don't forget your courtesy beep. So that people, when they drive past oh, the Caxton good. Street that's Studios, good. don't forget to give us a little beep. And just one Thank more, you. some sort of scar 
on your wrist. I don't mm. know how we do it. Maybe an implant that when you drive past the Caxton Street Studios, mm. vibrates or something so you remember the courtesy beep. Let's go yeah. one step beyond words and yeah. just physically force people to beep. And if you're outside of like a 100 metre radius of the Caxton Street Studios without beeping, it gives you a little electric shock. Yeah. Just yeah. so you learn. It, it, like, like quite uncomfortable. <laughs> quite uncomfortable. But <laughs> you learn. You learn. And, and it makes you feel fertile. Yeah. I don't think we want non-beepers reproducing. No. If you don't have the courtesy no. to beep, nature shouldn't if have the courtesy a, to a, gift you a child. Oh, great. If you're a beeper, go real Catholic with it and have 14 kids. Love it. You should reproduce. Mm. But non-beepers, just fucking sterilise yourselves. Yeah, go beep yourself. Yeah. Wikipedia, wig, wig, wig out. Henry, let's wig out. And what a great page we have for Fig Tree Pocket. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, first line. Fig Tree Pocket is a leafy riverside western suburb uh, of the city of Brisbane. Could they have waited a second longer to mention these fucking leaves? It's just the laziest adjective that is always... Leafy is the world's biggest shorthand for it's nowhere near the city. Yes. If, if you say leafy, you mean it is at least a 20-minute drive from the city. St. Lucia. Would you yeah. call, oh, that's, that's leafy. Like, like people just say leafy because it's like, oh, there's trees around. Tell you where there are trees. Petrie Terrace. Yeah, everywhere. Our backyard is quite leafy. There's trees in the park near Roma Street. There are trees. I've seen them. I've climbed them. There's leaves. I've climbed them myself. Oh, you've climbed the trees in Roma Street. I went to all the way to the top. Oh, wow. Like you Pippin, do and, Pippin and Merrin with the Ents. On Pippin like and Merrin. Yep. Yeah, nice. Is that, is that? Mary. Mary. Yeah. Okay. Mary. Merely. Mate, there's even leaves in our house. We went to the Oxley Nursery yesterday. I see leaves all the time. plants. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, look, it is Riverside. It is Western. Mm. Two thirds of the description is fine. Two out of three ain't bad meatloaf. But I've mm. got a little problem with leafing. I would, I would give them the benefit of saying they have tree in the title of their suburb. That's true. What? I couldn't tell you another suburb that sounds more like the name for a band or an album. Fig Tree. You could see Pocket. a band being like, please welcome Fig Tree Parker. Yeah, that's true. Nah, 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 nah. More Weird? so than like Cooperoo. Weird, but like Sherwood. 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 Because it's also like Sherwood like, Forest and the Robin Hood thing. Like, I think that would actually be quite sensible as a band name. Sherwood Mac. Yeah. Sort of like Fleetwood Mac. You will have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, fine. Uh, so, yeah, they love their leaves and they love them good. I wonder, well, do they fucking eat them? Or well, some of the residents do. Uh, speaking of oh, which... great segue. Big Tree Pocket is home to one of Brisbane's oldest and most loved attractions, Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary, which was established in 1927. So, 15 years after Titanic sunk, they said, hey... We're all getting a bit sad about they Titanic. Finally, no one's over it. We need to, let's get some koalas up in these trees so people stop got, thinking about icebergs. <laughs> they finally got up off the mattresses. Everyone in Brisbane had been in a 15-year depression oh, slumber due to Titanic. And Brisbane was particularly uh, hard hit by Titanic. And, and throughout that, World War One did happen. But mm. they were sort of okay with that compared War- with Titanic. <laughs> yeah, World War One just didn't have that same cinematic quality. No, know? no, no. Gallipoli v yeah. Titanic is it's not a fair fight. No. There's no romance in Gallipoli. No. Mel Gibson before he was anti-Semitic. Yeah, baby, um, which we'll touch on later But as what well. a relief they created a home for the koalas, Henry. As someone who's never been to Lone Pine, I've got to admit, I do love that it's there, though. I've never I been. love its presence. I, this is the thing. I like to think that I did go to Lone Pine as a child. I think my parents probably took me and I don't remember because I have lots of like childhood memories of being in these outdoor locations. Yeah. I have so many childhood memories of being in places where I could feed wallabies and kangaroos out of my hand. Same. I just, and there's lots of photos. I, in fact, I can even think of some photos of you I've seen in your family home, but mm. I just don't know where they are and I'm not confident enough to say it was Lone Pine. There's like a bit of Mount Tambourine action yeah. going on. I do remember having like truly hysterical fits um, when birds would land on my head or shoulder and there's a Oh, run- you didn't like it? Hated it. Oh, I loved that shit. Are you, so, you're scared of rides but you loved it when birds oh, molested your head. I love nature. I love nature. When I was five years old I had a reptile birthday party. <laughs> 
where these two guys came when there were like 20 kids and he just like passed around like snakes and lizards and shit. It was awesome. It was slithering across me. I was quite terrified of rides, but I love nature. They did a roaring trade for a while there. Those like, we'll come to your school, yeah. your birthday party and just fucking put a lizard on you. Oh, or just like the pop up, um, like every school fate had like, fuck it. There's like two goats and a pig. There you go, $15 entry, come in and play with them. Oh, yeah, These reckon- poor animals that get killed for their milk. I reckon the margins would have been quite good, yeah. Oh, yeah, you a, buy a, on like, a portable petting well, zoo. Well, as we know from like World Vision ads, it's like 80 bucks for a goat. Mm. They're not very expensive. The abs- the return on investment must be insane. Yeah, you need like four kids to look at the goat. And then yeah. it's like, oh, fucking When are we people. doing like a UB portable petting zoo? Yeah, well, in guess- our front yard. Well, let's make maybe our next live show, we just like have a pig nearby. Yeah. 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 Apart from the two on stage. Wait. Um, it's cruel the, the and san- unusual. The sanctuary opened in 1927 to provide a safe refuge to sick, injured and orphaned koalas at a time when they were being killed for their fur. Imagine, imagine that. Oh, Jesus. Imagine turning up to a restaurant, like an expensive restaurant, someone like is just wearing like a koala fur also, coat. Also, like koalas aren't very big. You've got to kill a lot of koalas to get a coat. It's just like dwarves walking around. <laughs> yeah, being like, looks like they're fantastic. Mint. I look great. I look a million <laughs> bucks. It is, it is a sort of interesting statement on, you know, the, the Australian approach to refugees and immigration mm. that in 1927 we were like, oh, koalas, build them an inner city sanctuary mm. for them. Pretty, pretty oh, sad a country where we treat koala orphans better <sighs> than refugee orphans. True. What if, what if this what if is Lone heard Pine by Peter is- Dutton? He's like, yeah, you're dead right. And Lone Pine goes off. <laughs> yeah, Lone Pine goes to Christmas Island. He's like, too bloody right, mate. Swap them around. <laughs> but it's still a sanctuary. The, the refugees are like, we'd love to leave and be part of society. He's like, no, no, no. no, no you no, got to no. land on people's shoulders. <laughs> Jump down on them from on high. Yeah, tourists are still paying <laughs> yeah. to go like, hang out. Oh. Yeah, so essentially... Uh, what else? The founder of the sanctuary, Claude Reed, recognised the need to protect this iconic species and initiated the protection of their habitat. The sanctuary began with two koalas called Jack and Jill. There you go. I would have gone Adam and Eve. Maybe they wanted to keep it yeah. non, non-religious. Doesn't Jack and Jill have a bad ending? Like they they fall down the hill. Mate. They fall down the hill. They tumble. If, if we're talking about orphaned refugee koalas, the mm. last thing I want is to be jinxing them by saying they fall down. Jack and Jill went up the hill oh, they to fetch a pail, a pail of water. water. Jill... Jack fell Jack down, fell and, down and broke, hit his crown, oh. and Jill came tumbling after. So God, Jack's fucking, can, Jack's concussed. So Jack has split his head open. Yeah, there's blood and everywhere. And Jill is at least just rolling down with reckless abandon. Jill, in what had to be the least helpful move, saw Jack <laughs> do this, goes, I'll go and help, trying to be I some sort of essential down. worker. Yeah, Jesus. No claps for you. You've absolutely nailed yourself and made the situation worse. Mm. So, But it, at least it's non-denominational. Adam and Eve has a sort of, mm. you know. Yeah. Religious undertone And there's plenty of that In Victory Pocket But we'll get to that later Because well, this is the footy Because this is the footy show Lone Pine became known Internationally during World War II When Americans Including Douglas MacArthur's wife We've spoken about Doug Yeah um, Visited the park To view the native Australian animals So it looks like the US soldiers Were like Oh look at this cool I guess these wombats Ain't too bad <laughs> I guess these wombats That claim are cool and then they were like, you know, get in and, and they viewed mm. the native animals. Maybe that's the origin of bullshitting tourists to think about drop bears. Yeah. If you've never seen an Australian animal, I think you would assume that's a lie. But if you've seen like a koala or a wombat and you sort of get a grip on what we have, the jump to, well, some of them hide in trees and drop on you. It's not that insane. I love yeah. the idea of just a couple of Aussie soldiers just being like, oh, koalas. Yeah, yeah they'll um, drop on you and kill you if you're not careful. Yeah, stay around the lorikeets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree on, on all fronts there. Who wins in a fight between a koala and a wombat? Wombat. 
Aren't koalas like no, koala, the but dumbest, laziest animals in the world? Because well, eucalyptus is sort of like they're all high. fucks their brain a bit. Yeah, it makes them high. I, think they're all I feel like wombats are like wombats could be quick if they wanted to as well, and they have square shaped poo, so mm. they're used to taking shit from the rest of the animal kingdom. Like I'm sure they're mocked relentlessly for it about the square shape about poo. the square shaped poo. Square space. They'd be like, "Oh, square shits." Come over here. And there's like other animals like pretending to tap their cards. On <laughs> oh, square part. It's a oh, pay <laughs> on their poo. Got him. Got him. Dude, yeah. I, but then the koala could climb and like Batista bomb, like drop from the, and like fucking get an elbow in and knock the wombat yeah, but out. Koalas don't have an elbow. And when you think about it. That's can't be They the have truth. their body weight. What do you, you know definitively that I feel like they don't, like, think about it. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> hang on. I mean, This okay. is the question that, if you've been elbow, tuning in for 30 episodes. I don't think they have an elbow do, in the conventional no, no, way we no, understand no. You put yourself on the line. Do koalas, well, have chlamydia is the first one. Yeah. No, no, no. Everyone finds that so Do funny. koalas have elbows? All right, physical characteristics. Oh, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't really look like 10 facts about koalas. Dude, look at their arms. They are clearly not elbows. Koalas hug to try to keep cool. There you go. Oh, look at this. Koalas are gay. Oh, really? Koalas exhibit same-sex mating behaviour. Cool. There you go. Good for Um, them. They last twice as long as female male encounters. There you go. Um, All right. I mean, I'm just looking at photos of koalas. I highly recommend everyone does the same. I just don't think they have elbows. Do gay koalas have elbows? Do we need to do an Instagram You've been poll? listening to this <laughs> show about suburbs for many hours of your life. And here's the question we pose to you. Do gay koalas oh, have elbows and do they use them to get high? A special investigation after this. Wildlife in the sanctuary includes koalas, kangaroos, Tasmanian devils, wombats, echidnas, and a various species of reptiles, as well as a platypus that arrived at the sanctuary during 2010 from Hillsville Sanctuary near Melbourne. The way they phrase that makes it sound like the platypus himself <laughs> decided to go. It's as like, if he was like, real estate's going to get a bit expensive in Melbourne. I'm going to yeah. come to Lone Pine. I want to get a lot more value for my uh, sanctuary salary, so I'm going to go to Lone Pine. Yeah, I'm a platypus. I got poison <laughs> I kind of look like a duck, but also an otter. Everyone was I like, freak everyone out. I'm a monotreme. You have to learn about me in year two. He's like, I'm sick of these soy lattes in Melbourne. All I want to do, I All I want to do is go to Brisbane. I just want to get a great start. He like preempts COVID by about 10 years. And he's like, I just want to get ahead of the curve. Oh, the mask, the mask doesn't fit I my love, bill. I love platypi so much. To the oh. point where I'm largely tossing up getting a platypus tattoo. Whoa, that's 100%. huge. I would get a solidly sized platypus tattoo on my chest. Because <laughs> I don't see myself ever... Not liking them You know how yeah. people are like Oh you're going to regret your tattoo Like my cricket tattoo Like I don't ever see myself being like Oh my dad was killed by A platypus with a cricket bat Like yeah. it's never going to be like Oh I need to get this laser that off or something. If that happens I'm going to look like a fucking idiot Now do platypi have elbows? Uh, no no I don't think so Because they just have bills True They're very stressed They are yeah. and, and their owls have been cut <laughs> They've got terrible bills <laughs> Uh, how many platypi do you see sitting at a table just like paper after paper screen <laughs> kids in bed just trying to make ends oh meet God, just, just trying to pay the kids tuition while also keeping the lights on uh-huh. we actually got our first water bill oh, yeah. uh, today it's not that bad water's quite cheap and also a platypus, platypus has a, a water bill ah, bill quite right is in the water good segue there you go uh, to other conversation about water bills visitors are allowed to hold koalas for a fee strict regulations ensure that each koala is not held for more than 30 minutes every day there you go what is that? Got emotional so to, I don't need to be held for more than go 30 in minutes. for free. Yeah. No, I think, no. There's got to be some sort of, uh, maybe there's an additional fee. Maybe to hold a koala. And As you were saying, are they like touch sensitive? Is it? 
Mm. Ooh, I can't be held. They're like, don't. Oh no, only. It's like I had a really bad boyfriend, and I have issues with intimacy. You can't hug me for more than thirty minutes. The koala's like, you can spoon me for one episode of (laughs) Scrubs, and then and no more, no more. But you know, you've sort of broken through when you spoon for two episodes of Scrubs. You're Mm, like, wow, this is big. She doesn't do this, guys. Well, I guess physical touch isn't the love language of the koala. What would be the love language of koala? I think gifts. Of eucalyptus. Because <laughs> okay. I can't speak English, so it can't be words of affirmation. No. I- Quality time, I feel like they're just high and I think gifts. Okay. What's your love language, Henry? I think it's physical touch. Ah. So, me, that's why me and that koala broke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just wouldn't work touching out. touching me. Yeah, it's yeah. been 45 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. You were never destined to work out as well because you both had chlamydia. Yeah. That thing's really awkward. We don't know who gave it to who. <laughs> Visitors can feed lorikeets, blah, blah, blah. Once a day, there is a bird of prey show with several kinds of raptors showing off their speed, agility, and keen eyesight. Don't call birds raptors anymore. This is not Jurassic, no, Jurassic Park. Park. Also, showing off your keen eyesight. Do they just do, like, eyesight tests mm. from afar? Yeah, they do. It's like, see, mum, no glasses. Yeah, they take the lorikeets to Bailey Nelson <laughs> and just see, and they do a little eye test, and then it's like, hey, I'm walking away like, with some Wow, specs. rose gold, nice specs. Very nice. Keen eyesight on the raptors. <laughs> I only need them to read and drive. <laughs> that's a lorikeet That's sound. a lorikeet. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what they sound like. You have well- Tasmanian devils there. Yeah. In- and then there's a koala forest. Anyway, you know Tasmanian devils are like dying en masse from a mouth cancer. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really disturbing. When I was going around Australia, I went to this like little place that investigated them and I got shown a Tasmanian devil with mouth cancer and it's disgusting. It's like physically one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Oh, they're like, what is it? Like pussy? Oh, it's like these insane pussy growths on their mouth. I feel so bad for them. Also, it takes away the devil element. They're not that scary when these have... Big mouth infection. The devil, you know. Yeah, I think they're trying to keep it out of Tasmania because as soon as it gets the Tasmanian devil population, they're gone. Would you say that when you saw the mouth cancer, you had sympathy for the devil? Ah, I would have said that. Cool. I would have, if you'd given me time to write that joke and when we were going through the weekly briefing for this episode of Fig Tree (laughs) Pocket, which we are talking about, to be clear. This isn't the Australian Animals episode. As well as being a wildlife sanctuary, there is a small farm with sheepdog shows. Who's the fucking family going to Lone Pine and being like, no, no, we're going to watch the sheepdog show. Save it for the Eckers, son. Yeah, get over Come on. Beethoven. Fig tree right. pocket. Anyway, there? we'll talk more about Lone Pine later. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got plenty more to say. It's a, as many people pointed out, they're like, it's basically the only thing to talk about. Fig tree pocket is an affluent suburb that has some of the most expensive and exclusive riverfront properties in Queensland and Australia. In early 2009, one luxury property sold for $9.5 million Australian dollars and another one sold for $7.15 million. Uh, and then following the floods, 2010-2011 floods, a riverfront estate held for $8.25 million, uh, set a record for the highest price achieved after that natural disaster. So they kind of were the first suburb to bounce back. Oh, they bounced um, back in a big way. To and the they were, were $8.6 million. And they were fucked badly affected. Now, I don't think of Fig Tree Pocket as all that affluent. Okay, interesting. Purely because I still have just the world's biggest mental block of like, if it's far away from the city, yeah. it, it is because you don't have enough money to live closer. Mm. Which just so isn't true. Like, I know there's consciously huge estates. I also don't think of it as being on the river. Like, to me, it's like Brookfield, but a bit no, worse. I, I was going to talk about that in a contemporary thing. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, it has an interesting relationship mm. with It's the not river. like you're wronger. No. Which I understand to be big, but beautiful riverfront. But I guess your, your fallacy about 
the idea of like living wealth yeah. allows you to live in close to mind, the city. A lot of people don't want to live close to the city. No, like people they, they pay a premium for it. Feature pocket. All they want is leaves, baby. That's true. All they want is those sweet, sweet leaves. So true. But it is interesting that you know some people are like, oh, you live out of the city. Like you know that tweet that goes around like, what's trashy if you're poor but classy if you're rich? Mm. I think the correct answer is living far away from the city. Yeah. Like cool. if you go, well, uh, you know, I wanted a good uh, good house for my seven children to learn to horse ride. We moved to Bell Barry or Feature mm. Pocket. It's classy. But if yeah. you had to move because you couldn't afford a place closer to the city. Somehow it's trashy mm. Class permeates everything we do Henry I couldn't agree more Never forget Never forget But interesting that it bounced back from the floods Yeah a lot of money uh, The suburb takes its name from the Moreton Bay fig trees In 1866 <laughs> One particular yeah. So it's named after a particular tree There is a fig tree pocket One particular fig tree in the area Was photographed and described as able to shelter 400 people Joe Dwyer What the fuck That must be the world's biggest tree Yes Imagine a 400 person venue Like put like, that in your mind How big is this fucking Also Everyone's like at the tree Trifford And like? they're like Well that was a good gig for middle kids Kick on <laughs> at the tree Come on guys tree We can add another hundred of us What, are you, so are you what does a fig tree look like? Uh, well, I think they're like the very description of a tree. Like, I think they are the quintessential image of big, oh, leafy, and then it arcs down. Hence oh, why they're... Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, no, I've searched fog tree. Oh, right. So, they're all <laughs> I was going to say, they're all misty. I was going to say, well, gee, a very misty tree. Okay. okay. Couldn't even see them because of the... the okay. Well, now the YouTube fog. link is open, so we'll just let that one go. But yeah, I've got to say, like, uh, I just can't mentally fathom a tree that could shelter 400 people. No. Me neither. Unless it was like a... I've just looked up fig trees and I can imagine it even less now. Uh, they are cl- all great climbing trees, they look like. Mm. You know, a classic sort of slow going out of the ground, not a big trunk. I wonder if it had a cool... Lots of tendrils. Well, I'm, that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The trunk, whether they had a cool name for everyone being sheltered in it, like the, f- the figloo. Yeah, the figloo. Like, like the figloo and the everyone's fig- like sheltered in and keeping warm true, together. True, true, like the... Um, the it- the world's most natural, like a natural tent, figgy azalea, figgy azalea, yeah, yeah, like yeah, wrapping. Yeah. Everyone's culturally figgy appropriating. Pop. It's like yeah. come to the tree and culturally appropriate. Figgy pops good. Figgy pops good. Yeah. Um, four hundred people in figgy the tree. Figgy stardust but it, and the spiders hey, from trees. Nice, very good. <laughs> um, David rolling in his grave as we speak. Now in eighteen, da, 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 now this tree. Yes, they created some acreage around the tree. Now, this tree no longer exists, but the circumstances of its disappearance are not known. So, the plot thickens, (laughs) Henry. And I wonder whether Kathy Lemmy's involved somehow, (laughs) whatever her name is. Um, Yeah, um, so this tree just disappeared. So, someone's stolen this tree. 1.6 hectares could shelter 400 people. Disappears you, overnight. Do they need four hundred? Are there four hundred people implicated in this? Is this like hot fuzz where oh, we're going to find out that the whole everyone, the, the whole everyone's sheltering the tree itself? Oh, it sheltered true. us, and now we shelter it, and it's like in a bunker somewhere. Yeah, which it actually is, reminds me, Henry, talking about four hundred odd people. I forgot to ask you the population. Oh shit! Yeah, you haven't seen it. Take a guess. We've been talking about it for you know half an hour. You should be able to have your eye in three thousand five hundred. Yeah, no, no, 4,000. Yeah, not that close. Oh, well. oh 4,000, so, so 10 so times. So everyone under the tree. A tree pocket yeah. could be sheltered under that tree. I guess if everyone just bought 10 friends from yeah, everyone who's at the tree and then there's a suburb. It's like 100 Boom. people being sheltered under a tree in Petri Terrace. Mm. It's not that insane to think about, actually. Yeah. The it, is during, it is during COVID, mate. Um, but, yeah, so apparently this tree... Jeez, well, that needs an investigation. Yeah. Right in. Who's not the- our role, but I'd absolutely love someone to figure this out. I really want a whistleblower. I really want, mm. a, you know, a, or a whistle leaf blower, so to speak. Mm. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah, the tree went missing. Now, I went to Fig Tree Pocket. 
Yeah. And I wanted to go to the shops. Uh, <laughs> and guess what the fuck happened to me as described by this Wikipedia page? You had to live without a car. The only caramello koala you're getting is if you go to Lone Pine and, and dump, drench it, and in, drench it in hot caramel. Burning it alive in what's described as a sickening act of animal cruelty. Yeah, here's the thing, mate. I, for Cadbury, thinking it'd be a good bit of social media for them, got a hot vat of caramel yeah. and just absolutely waterboarded the fuck yeah. out of a blinky bill. And here's one for you. The staff were annoyed. They were annoyed. The staff said you're never allowed back and here. apparently now I'm facing criminal charges. Oh. And Greg Cadbury isn't coming out to publicly no. defend me. Do you know how many times? Far time, out. Do you know, yeah, do you know how many He'll times? He'll defend Black Lives Matter, but oh. not me bloody drenching a koala and caramel. He'll defend his disgusting snack flavour. Oh, but he right. won't. But yeah, here's what I've heard Greg Cadbury defend. Snack and Turkish Delight still being in the favourites box. Utter bullshit. What oh, I'm not getting is a defence for him because I tried to make real-life caramello koala. I try and make real-life caramello koala. Greg Cadbury give me nothing. Asshole, Greg, you've been called out. But Henry, on the Wikipedia page, it so aptly puts it. It is noteworthy, being Fig Tree Pocket, also for the absence of stores of any kind. <laughs> Just no stores, apparently, with the nearest major shopping people complex being to- Indro Shopping Centre. Lots of people messaged us about this today and were like, oh, by the way, no shops. Yeah. In there fact, one no message shops. was phrased as, there's no coffee shops. Um, in fact, there's no shops of any kind. It's- so if you want to buy something in Fig Tree Pocket, you physically can't. Except for maybe, is there like a visitor's centre at Lone Pine? So that Apparently, that's the, the only, only place you can get a coffee. Wow. That someone said is the God, Lone Pine coffee. It must be a great cafe. It's made they by have the that sort of monopoly on it. Um, mate, that's... Uh, is that so definitive to be like, no shop? No stores. Do we start a shop? No, oh, there's no competition. Like, I mean, the absolute... The demand must be going through the roof. We'd have an How absolute monopoly. would it have to be? And admittedly, we're very lucky in the sense that, like, to me... My favourite shops in the world are all 100 metres away being on Caxton Street. But, mm. like, imagine having to get in your car and leave your suburb every single time you needed something. Well, they try to claim they're close to Indro. But as as Joel, keen on Pakistani, said, he was like, mate, they try to claim they're just past Indrapilly, but they're closer to Boona. That's it. Like, they are... They are- Close to Indro in the same way that we're close to Indro. Mm. Like, Indro is the gateway to, I think, rural Brisbane or, like, the real sticks. Mm. But just because Indro is your nearest big shopping centre doesn't make it close. No. I feel like they just think it's close because if you drive for 20 minutes in one direction, you get Indro. And yet it's closer than, like, Chermside or Carindale. Yeah. It's still not bloody close. Everyone thinks that's... Get a bloody shop. Everyone, yeah. Oh, let's, mate, let's go. Let's open a shop. And oh, we'll, fuck it. We'll just sell... What shop? We'll sell... Any, we can't do anything koala-related because I think Lone Pine has a monopoly. I, I feel like we don't want to get in the koala game. No, but it's probably the last thing we want to do. Oh, we could, we could, oh, we could open a cafe. Yeah. I, can, I think we could run a great breakfast spot. What if we called it Fig Tree Pocket Squares and we sell like okay. pocket squares that we make ourselves and they've got little trees on them and little koalas. True. like they're, they're themed of Brisbane. Or we little- do like Fig Tree Hot Pockets where what we technically sell is a jaffle, mm. but we call it a hot pocket. That's fine. And you can choose the filling of your hot pocket mm. and the bread. But the twist is we put it in your pocket. Like, yeah. it's like, like while yeah, you're not like, noticing, like a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's everyone's like, like, "Guys, it's incredibly <laughs> annoying. I'm covered in crumbs." It's just like, all right, that's that'll hot. be it's burning my thigh. <laughs> that'll be that'll be seven fifty, guys. All right, pay pass. How long's the wait? Oh, mate, look in your pocket. <laughs> Already there. Not unlike Harry at the end of Philosopher's Stone, where so the, true, where he looked in the mirror and the. Jaffel was and the in his pocket. The hot was pocket was in his pocket. Burning into time. his thigh and giving like, him a ah, burn. Ah, chicken and cheese. Ah, it burns. Is it your scar, Harry? No, it's the fucking. Who put a tortilla in a Jaffel? <laughs> it's leaking. Um, and blah blah blah. Fig Tree Pocket has a premier equestrian club. Horse Fig- girls. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Fig Tree Pocket boat ramp. We'll get to that. Um, 
and it's popular with water skiers. Oh, we will get to that. When the snow melt, you ski that water, baby. And I've got to say, just from the outset, I've never been on a jet ski. I've never been on a water ski. And I'm scared of both and don't intend to. But you've been to Brewski for a great burger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. Contemporary fig tree pocket now. Um... Yeah, I guess I, I haven't spent... I've spent a bit of time there because one of my mates in school lived there. That was pretty much my sole relationship with the place. And I was thinking about this episode. I've been to parties there. I've been to Australia Day parties. I've been to birthday parties and sleepovers due to these friends. Big flex, Henry. Big flex. On Australia Day parties, you reckon? I party. Jeez, yeah. Someone uh, has no bloody respect for the stolen land on which we record this on, podcast. On the 27th. Oh, okay, that's we fine. do the parties yeah. on the 27th. Of course. 100 day. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. No. Play on. Yeah, no inversion. No Australia Day parties, please. No. Um, but, yeah. Generally impressions, Henry. Well, nothing really to report. Like, I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a truism to say it's good for a party because usually they're pretty nice big houses because of the wealth of yeah, the people living out there. Um, it's not quite... I've never felt it's quite Brookfield level sticks. Like, no. I don't feel like Fig Tree Pocket has the one and a half kilometre driveways where the Uber driver drops you off and you have to like trek through the darkness mm. and upper and over hills to get there. Do you not it's not I, quite acreage in he, Victory Park. Yeah, here's what I think the difference is. If you live in Brookfield or Pullenvale, you have to make a positive case as to why you shouldn't be holding the semi-formal post. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think it's a case There of, is an immediate yeah, onus on the you. The burden of proof switches to you to show why you shouldn't. It is like you... It's a shoe And usually you can say parents don't want to, but yeah. there is a positive assumption that it's going to be you. Whereas Fig Tree Pocket, I think you still are close enough to the city and close enough to your neighbours to have a little bit more leniency in bit terms of, of guys. deniability. Oh, our neighbours. I know it's Fig Tree Pocket. I know it seems far away. It's actually sort of close. And we've got neighbours and da-da-da. And my parents don't want to because it's a nice house or whatever. Yeah. or that sort of shit like oh, or oh, we don't want to like accidentally spill and, beers on the jet ski and counterintuitively it makes you a better bloke if you do have the post or if you do have a party mm. whereas a, a guy from Brookfield having the post I'm not even like thanks I'm like cool you've done your job thanks for your public service yeah. soldier Fig Tree thanks Pocket feel. you've gone above and beyond the call of duty a bit because you've probably got an absolutely fuck off nice house oh 100% so I think yeah that's my general yeah. take I think I've been there. I think I've literally been there twice Henry I'd say possibly more so than any other suburb we've done on this show you and I maybe have the least personal connection with. Yeah. Like, at least Arana Hills had my footy career. Murray had Metro Mouse for you. But mm. Fig Tree Pocket, you know what it probably is? There's no stores there. Yeah, we, there's no there's need like to go no there apart reason, from... Yeah. There's no logical reason to be there unless you're visiting someone's house. At which point, here's one for you. Most Brisbane houses and experience in Brisbane houses are pretty similar and they're not influenced by the suburb. It's yeah. influenced by the family. I watched the Rugby World Cup semi or cool. final whichever one yeah, like I'm at sure it was good it was a nice time I'm sure it was a positive time we I, ran around in the backyard because they had great. one love it um, general impressions is that it's far away but it's not the sticks the sticks no. probably it's, for me it's the last line before I'm getting to like you're fucking kidding me if I look at a Facebook event yeah like uh, as yeah. we said about you know like a Bell Bowery Great, gorgeous suburb, but you look at it on a Facebook event and you start going, how the hell You're are like, we going to start not I drinking. still feel like I could drink and go to Fig Tree Pocket. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, would, I would agree with you there. Um, I would say, so we spoke about Lone Pine a fair bit. Uh, it's, yeah, it's massive. It's I definitely- Animals a fair bit, really. It's an animal podcast. Yeah, well, a couple of animals. Um, it's a celebrity hotspot. Is it? Uh, well, just because of Lone Pine. So I would say, you know, obviously- for suburbs like the city and the valley, I guess, and uh, the Gabba for its sport reasoning and whatnot, like you'd have a lot of celebrities there. But I would say Fig Tree Pocket on the ratio of like oh, yeah. far enough from the centre, but still would have had the most celebrities 
when compared to distance from the city. Because yeah. so I'm many, like it's had all of one direction. Ed Sheeran went out to Lone Pine. There was Did a he? photo of him. Got chlamydia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what he wrote Castle on the Hill about. <laughs> it was originally called Pimple on My Balls. Pimple on My Balls. Mm. Wart on, on My Cock. my way. Hey. That blinky bill motherfucker got my balls all infected. I don't know. And they were like, and that's why I was the first time saying, like, like Ed, Ed, we need to change this. Really, it's not even so much the content, but Blinky Bill motherfucker got my balls infected just isn't what the 12 year old girls want. <laughs> I said, okay, what about, I don't know, a castle yeah. on the Jack and Jill? And they're like, brother, you're so close. And then he was like, I'm in love. I'm in love with the shape of leaves. <laughs> I was like, again, mate, it's Everyone's not like, that good. I'm beginning to think Ed, Ke- Ed Sheeran was kidnapped and replaced with three koalas standing on top of each other in an Ed Sheeran costume. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, just pay me in leaves. That's fine. Ed Sheeran made $1.25 million in leaves. And I don't know if we're reading this right, but he's invested all of his savings into eucalyptus leaves, thus buying 100 hectares worth. Like the koalas are like, well, you guys have done a lot of hard work. You want to take some annual leave? And they're like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love it. Sick leave. No, leaves don't make you sick. They make you feel a million bucks. <laughs> all right. So celebrities go there all the time. Now, we I thought. Mean, I, I do think just briefly that does speak to the fascination outside of Australia with Australian animals. Because there's an island we just have the weirdest shit in the world. Hell yeah. Whereas I can't ever imagine going to England. Like if I was in an Australian boy band, like a One Direction-esque boy band, which, you know, the mangroves could be if we work hard enough. Mm. Can't imagine going to England and being like, oh, show me your pigeons. Yeah, I agree. Or like, I don't know, your deer are vaguely interesting, but like... We got really. pigeons. Oh, we got pigeons and, and sheep, yeah. And grumpy people. And old turfs. Can't wait to meet some of them. We outsourced a little bit of the contemporary Lone Pine we take did. because we don't have one because we're not there. Yeah. Uh, Henry and I have like never consciously been, so do crowdfund our tickets. That's the most valuable thing you could donate to right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Friend of the show and Keenan Pakistani, Josh Keenan. Schnozzy boy. Schnoz himself. We Now, it's been noted, firstly, he spends a lot of time there. I mean, he spends more time there than we spend at, like, the Caxton Hotel. Yeah, it seems to be if nothing can immediately strike him with what to do with his day, his default is to go to Fig Tree Park. Yeah, it's like his park. I think he just got... He has, yeah, a, mem- he has a membership, which he says are pretty affordable, apparently. So, he's got... Kinda, he would say that as someone who goes there almost every week. He's got unlimited koala exposure. You're so kidding. I messaged him and said... So, what do they thought? drop the 30-minute rule for schnoz and schnoz alone? Maybe that's part of the membership. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, so, he said, there's a lot to be said for Lone Pine, but I think the essence is that it's a place built and refined in the single-minded pursuit of aesthetic pleasure. Everything is optimised for enjoyment. Apart from being a good zoo, the real highlights are all the completely unnecessary, subtle luxuries that other lesser zoos would overlook. <laughs> for example... A free massage chair in the cafeteria. That's insane. <laughs> Completely unnecessary and something they could rightly and profitably charge for, but they don't. So it's just a free massage chair. They also, I like to think that there's koalas who like are in the chair just yeah. having a little dance, yeah. and that's how the massage happens. They're like, they're like sewed in there for like eight hours a day, but they're cool with it. They're they have like, leaves the whole time. Yeah, they're all raving. They're all like, oh. Oh, I love this shit. Like starships, oh, yeah. and yeah, completely unnecessary. Da, da 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 da. They also have a self-serve sources of the world corner at the cafeteria that would make <laughs> even Marco Polo blush. <laughs> um, ever wondered what kind of sauce a Hungarian would eat with their chips? I have no need to wonder because Lone Pine hasn't just told me; it showed me. <laughs> and all the while, as you sit and eat your chips and ponder the European fixation with paprika as a primary flavour, you were looked so down on by the visages of all those who have passed through those halls before you. Their koala-holding hall of fame is unparalleled. I cannot tell you quite how bizarre it is to sit down to eat there for the first time, all the while being stared down by an image of a solemn Mikhail Gorbachev holding a koala. 
Mahler, I'm inevitably left wondering if the architect of the demise of the Soviet Union also made use of the free massage chair. They also adopt a member's pricing structure which can only be described as hostile to Lone Pine's own financial interests. Everything inside is discounted if you are an annual pass holder, almost to the point that you wonder if it is ethical to be paying so little to a facility which has as its costly primary purpose the conservation of animals. I feel that that the less a facility charges me, the more I feel like it's legit for conservation, even yeah. though they should be charging more. Like Australia Zoo costs an arm and a leg mm. and I've always been like, ah, oh, it's a bit commercialised now, it's a bit of that stuff. Mm. You know, a gold coin donation, I'm like, fuck, you guys must have operating expenses of 500 million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barely be mating. They're just getting over. Um, I, I wouldn't read such a long message usually, but this is just so good. It's fantastic stuff. Also, when you buy an annual pass, you have to take your own photo with a webcam that is set up near the front desk, but the photo taking process is wholly unsupervised and they will unflinchingly print whatever photo you end up taking. The exhilaration of being completely unrestrained in my expression had me feeling like Dylan going electric for the first time at the Newport Folk Festival. And then he goes, I'm trying to position myself as a bit of a Don Draper of suburban zoos. Hopefully Lone Pine take the hint and I can really take them to the next level. Well, that's maybe, all the maybe the best, maybe the best message we've best ever message got. history of the show. Absolutely, um, fantastic. Well, I think that's all that needs. I don't think we can talk. I, I have, I have nothing to top. Let's talk about the suburb's relationship with the river, and it's a tortured one, Henry. It's a difficult one. I don't think of it as a river suburb in no. the same way that I think Belimba, Tenerife, bits of New Farm. What do you, what do you think's the most river suburb in your mind? Uh, Kangaroo Point, because it's got a river on both sides. Yeah, great like, like to me, Kangaroo Point is so synonymous with the river. It's not funny. It's got the cliffs and everything. But I think in terms of yeah, general suburbia, I think more east side. I think of Belimba and Hawthorne. And I also think of like a Yoronga yeah. if I'm going that way. Yeah, if I'm going that way, I think of St. Lucia, I think of Yoronga, I think of I think a lot of it is governed by the city cat. Like if the city cat doesn't have a stop there, mm. then I don't consciously think of it as being on the river. And as Hamish said, the city cat is too scared to go further. It's no. a coward. Uh, it doesn't want to get too far away from all the buildings. So the city cat, in the words of Owen Wilson from the Wedding Crashes film, mm. uh, is a big pussy. Oh, great right. line. <laughs> Where he's crying and he says, I don't want you to think I'm a big pussy. And uh, I saw cat. that and I was like, yeah, that's a lot like a city cat, isn't it? So the city cat was saying, it's like, oh, oh, it's it's like, like, oh are you crying, city cat? It's like, I swear it's the wash. Ah, did I tell you? No, we haven't said it on the show. Speaking of city cats, I heard a crazy anecdote last week that I think must have happened close-ish. I think it happened far west side on the city cat. Hmm. Someone surfed the Brisbane River by holding onto the back of the city cat waiting for the waves to kick up because mm. I think there's a bit of choppy water on the west side like more near Yoronga mm. waits for the waves to kick up by the city cat surfboard bang surfed the Brisbane River wow you wouldn't think it could be done our very own Kelly Slater yeah very exciting um, so yeah, yeah I, 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 so, but yeah. it is interesting yeah like this is this Australia Day party that we turned up to and huge beautiful mansion house yeah there's so much about these riverside mansions yeah but we're getting it like oh and they're so big like and so high up that I was like there for what had to be an hour or so before I was like, oh, the river's there. Like oh. I, I like, I think I literally like went down further into the backyard to like do a wee, and then because that's what you do when a nice person invites yeah, yeah, yeah. you, nice you home, decide you to piss on their beautifully manicured, desecrate their garden. And I, but I went down and was like, oh, what the fuck, the river's there. And it's just odd being at a riverfront home for upwards of sixty minutes before realizing that that's what yeah. it in fact Most is. Like river- usually you walk in and go, oh, the river. holy fuck, it's the river. Um, but not it, here. It's like the main attraction usually. Whereas maybe Fig Tree Pocket has a little mm. bit more of the. Uh, the old keep the river hidden attitude. Yeah. Which I feel does permeate a bit of your Yoronga as well. I've been to a few houses in Yoronga mm. and it's dawned on me like 
15 minutes into being there that like, oh, we're on the river. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I the big show-offs on the east side, but maybe the west, they sort of the keep west, it between yeah. the leafiness of the suburb. A little more, they're a little more discreet mm. with their river show-off. They were, you know, but speaking ankle, of the rivers ankle length river Henny, there's a, mm. Henny, new nickname for you, mate. Thank you. Uh, there you go. Uh, there's a pretty iconic boat ramp. Yeah, people love this thing. And I mean, it leads into the As fact- someone without a boat, I don't know if it's iconic, but I'm just no. taking it on the wisdom of others. No. Well, that's the thing, mate. It's a very iconic boat ramp, mainly because there are no city cats going that far. So, mm. you don't have to negotiate True. the river with those big bad boys in blue. There's no awkward slices of timing. You're just bloody ripping in no matter what. The beep, beep, beep of go-karts touching on and off is not to disturb the tranquil river peace that comes when you go into the fig tree pocket Quite arena. Quite right, Mr. Bratz. Thank you very well much. Well put. Thank you very much, and it was a point I was glad to make. Very now, impressed. jet skis. Um, that's why they're there. That's why the place uh, is yeah. literally littered with Have you ever get, been on a jet, jet ski, skis. Henry? Hell yeah. Was been on fun? the back of my friend Sam's, the friend who lives at Fig Tree Pocket. Was He's it fun? Fucking heaps of fun. Oh, great. Yeah, enjoy. How fast do you go? Oh, fast. Is that sort of the point? Over 100k. Surely not. Yeah. I think it's like Superman Escape, nah, baby. No, no. Zero to 100 in under two seconds. Over 100k. I don't, I don't know, dude. How, far do, how fast do boats go? I don't know. Oh. Well, they de- don't they describe it by knots? Right. As opposed to kilometres per hour. Knots and crosses, baby. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah, Jetsies are sick, dude. And they're the motorbikes of the water, and I won't hear otherwise, and I won't, I won't really have time oh, I think to take spot any on. questions. They're, they're boats without... Uh, like- no, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, the top speed is like 65 miles per hour, which is about 100 k's. Yeah. But that's the top, top speed. Like, when you were going oh, well, 100... Kendall, mate, Kendall was going like the top speed. absolutely booking it. I felt unsafe. Yeah. And I, and I had a life jacket on. And I still fell on. Oh, if you come off at 100 kilometers per hour and hit the water hard, you're suffering some serious damage. Yeah. This podcast is suddenly taking a very different tone. Yeah, mate. As I, I know. gently coax this injured man back to his life of comedy. Ah, it's funny how jet skis are kind of colloquially a bogan thing, aren't they? It's like, oh, you spend all your savings on a, a jet ski. But for Fig Tree Pocket, as we've said, is one of the wealthier suburbs of Brisbane. Heaps of them. Maybe, maybe I Fig think, Tree Pocket is an example. Class. Maybe Fig Tree Pocket, though, is an example if you can't buy class. Maybe. As much money as you want, mate. Or, you're still owning a bloody jet ski. Or a jet ski is just fun. Yeah. Are fun je- transcends class. A lot of class analysis on the show today, Henry. Man, I've I'm had absolutely here. I've had a fucking. My phone, sorry. Um, phone going, oh, emails, emails, emails. Yeah, dude, I'm just like, <laughs> man, we're trying to record a podcast during work hours. Excuse me. Yeah, what? we're both Stop working from home today Stop. and trying to do a podcast, taking advantage of living in the studio. Stop bothering me. But Henry, uh, turning to religion. Yeah. And this sort of speaks to a broad Western suburbs thing, and I don't even know how much it's specifically religion. There's something in the fucking water in the outer West. I'm thinking Fig Tree Pocket. I'm thinking a bit of Kenmore. I'm mm. thinking a bit of Brookfield. There is an odd cult-like element to these suburbs that makes me feel when I show up, every eye is watching me. Mm. Like, you know, oh, people say like, oh, Ashgrove's culty, but it's not culty. They're all just very close. And I think it's quite insular. Mm. You know, a lot of suburbs are an island and feel quite insular. Mm. But... There is just something in the water that they're drinking out that way. There's a huge concentration of Baptist churches and Hillsong churches and yeah. River Life. So there is genuine grounds to say this. There's a big one in Jindalee, big ones in Kenmore, big ones in Fig Tree Pocket. But you just got to wonder what it is about moving to the western suburbs that sort of makes you that way. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's a cult. It's a, it's a strange cult-like atmosphere. It's that Brisbane Bible Belt feel, isn't it? And yeah, as you said, it seems to be a smattering of not the mainstream religions out there because um yeah there's this that way in the six because they also have um a lot of jews yeah apparently a very high jewish population maybe the highest we've been told and there is a jewish kindergarten which i find interesting because there's no jewish primary school or jewish high school out there so it's almost like are these babies learning about judaism and then converting 
Yeah, or more to the point, um, I've never been to a... I didn't know there were Christian kindergartens. No, I didn't. I thought I kindy kindergartens were non-denominational. were non-denominational. Yeah. I don't know what lessons you could learn at the age of dead set three or four about Judaism that would carry through. And it begs the question, is there an atheist kindergarten? Yeah, where you just like little like neckbeard babies yeah. vape and wear a fucking fedora. <laughs> the baby's are like, watch this Stephen Fry clip. Yeah. Oh, I'm an atheist. I realised I was smart at 14 and decided <laughs> to get really into this. Have you read Reddit lately? Oh, um, atheists Nah, but those The lazy know, man's agnostic It is very sad Those Jewish kindergartens Because it's um, for sale Baby yarmulkes Never, never worn <laughs> Because they converted To Christianity <laughs> It's like, oh yeah they, uh, they then just went To St Peter's And now they're Lutherans Now speaking One more thing On sort of weird education Henry And that's not to Describe a Jewish kindergarten As weird But a denominational Kindergarten as weird There's a couple of, I think there's a Montessori school In Fig Tree Pocket And that's the height Of weird shit What is Montessori? It's this alternate I think French Mode of education That's you know More about uh, learning your own way apparently it's constructivist rather than teachers instructing you <laughs> you make it diorama I think there's a lot of figuring stuff out as you go lots of time for arts and crafts a lot of teachers it's dating students I'd imagine I reckon the French love underage oh relationships nothing titillates a French person more than a 40 year old fucking an 18 year old I think that's why Emmanuel Macron won the election because oh, they were like awesome. I married my drummer teacher and we have sex in a bakery and, and everyone's like, like he's brilliant. right to lead well, it's like four terms please Emmanuel, thank yeah. you very much. But yeah, the Montessori school thing sort of speaks to this weird cult-like atmosphere. Because I know the Montessori idea gets great educational results, but every stereotype you've ever had about like weird homeschooling vibes seems to be at play. Mm. I was reading about this and I was like, very like, you know, centric view of education. But I was like, how is this legal? But I think it all speaks to just there's a weirdness in the water at Fig Tree Pocket. But there's also I don't a, know how to describe. But there's it. also a safety because um, a new friend of the show and a keen un-Pakistani, Maddie, her, who lives out there and was very keen for us to do this episode. Kate. Special Kate. Uh, she was saying that for a whole year didn't lock their doors. Huge. Apparently, I mean, so, I didn't. I, I usually forgot to lock doors in Wilston. But that wasn't out of a. That was out of forgetfulness yeah, rather than a feeling of like, no one's going to rob us out Absolutely here. So, but no then I guess there's no shops. So who's no, out like, there yeah. apart from people who live there there's or are visiting? There's no reason to go there unless mm. you live there. Which I feel is a great safety plan. Just reading Maddie's message. Apparently there's oh, yeah. heaps of snakes, which is okay. terrifying. Sure. I mean, I, Michael I has three possums living in his bathroom. That's well, nice. I don't know who Michael is, but good for him. I wonder if they pay rent. We have, yeah, I was going to say we have one possum, sort of. Three possums in your bathroom? Ridiculous. Airing on BBC. Also, Two seasons and a Christmas <laughs> one. The possums go to mass. The possums aren't in the kitchen, which is clearly, as we know, where possums like to reside. All the racist possums from that's the Injury episode living in the mm. cinema. Um, well, Henry, sort of the whole idea of possums and snakes makes me think that uh, Fig Tree Pocket isn't very inner city. But mm. there's been a bit of controversy over this idea. Ooh. I received a very funny anecdote from a close friend of mine who will go nameless. Right. Because it was an argument he had uh, with an ex-girlfriend, apparently. Oh. A friend of his. Um, and basically, it centred on this idea that this claim that Fig Tree Pocket was an inner city suburb. Right. Now, to me, that seems patently ridiculous. Um, and to which my mate apparently pointed out the window and said, you can't be in a city if there's fucking horses outside. Oh, the horse girl vibes. Which goes as random. We got told a lot of times on Instagram that Fig Tree Pocket has massive horse girl vibes. There's just animals aplenty by the same. Mm. But yeah, so apparently, uh, and to which the rebuttal on the horse girl thing is, well, you know, Hendra, Ascot, Clayfield, Woolowin, blah, 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 inner city suburbs uh, all have horses because of the race course. Yeah. So apparently that was thought to be a bit of a layup. Okay. But at the end of the day, I, I think what the main takeaway here is clearly there's a shared delusion in Fig Tree Pocket. 
Because this argument rages on, apparently, right. particularly with the claim of inner city. Like, I'm sorry, I think there's like four inner city suburbs in Brisbane, to be clear. Mm. Like, I would struggle to describe new farmers in a city, let yeah. alone fig tree pocket. Mm. And then and then my mate thinks, all right, let's settle this with, uh, you know, words of wisdom. Let's go to the mother. Mother of the house, yep. matriarch, bought the house in fig tree pocket. You assume the logic would be so you can get away from the city. That's why fig tree pocket is nice, because yes. it's not near the city. You don't want to be Goes to the fix. mother, says, would you describe fig tree pocket as an inner city suburb? And in a sort of O.J. Simpson-esque quote, she goes, 100% absolutely, it's an inner city suburb. <laughs> you know when he pleaded 100% absolutely not guilty? Yeah. So, yeah, so apparently there's this- And then they tried to make her put on a glove from yeah, the inner yeah, city. Yeah, from the inner and city. And and the glove don't fit, you uh, don't live in the sit, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as we've always- Because as people who live in the inner city know, we all have our gloves. Oh, yeah, you know, inner the city gloves. The mayor personally delivers yeah. you your inner city gloves. Shrina knocks on the door, and if you're wearing your inner city glove, you live in the inner city. Mm, but course. I wonder whether this speaks to just like in a suburb dominated by horse girls and massive properties the belief that some people have that it's in a city speaks to that whole indro thing when they're actually closer to Boona. Mm. It's bizarre. But yeah. I love that these arguments are raging. Did you want to share some of the message? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fantastic. Oh, I've sort of uh, I've, I've paraphrased the message there. Oh, okay, sure. A couple of highlights from the, uh, from the message and from the argument is that... Uh, why are you trying to take this away from me when I clearly live in the inner suburb? Oh my god! I love a why are you trying to take city, this away from geez. me. Uh, and then why? But why would you? Is, wouldn't his response be it's better to live out of the city? Yeah. His response was, and and quite accurately, might I add, why do you need to live in the inner city? Fig tree pocket is gorgeous and very close to the city. That's better than actually being in the inner city. Here's my favourite part. What is with this delusional flex? (laughs) I think we should ask people more about Henry. When people are making up flexes that even aren't good flexes, your great advantage of fig tree pocket is that you don't live in the inner city, but yeah. Yeah, I find that interesting. And I mean, like... This comes up a lot with yeah your bell barriers and your and your victory pockets mm. and whatnot, but buses and access to it. Oh, buses um, are iconic. Just a quick funny story. We should from, do an episode on Brisbane's most iconic bus route. We will do that. But uh, friend oh, of the yeah. show and keen on Pakistani Joel uh, Joel Batham, not Joel Townsley. We've had a few Joels in this one. Has said to me uh, he was once waiting for the bus to school, uh, living in victory pocket. Bus pulls up, driver and the driver goes into the bus driver toilet. Fair enough. Uh, he comes that- like sure. off the bus. Oh yeah. Um, and he goes to the toilet. He comes back out and gets in the bus uh, and it won't start. Um, and they both wait and eventually a mechanic comes driving a different bus. So the mechanics turned up in a bus as well. Uh, the mechanic gets out, fixes the bus, gets in and drives the original bus off without saying anything to the driver. No other buses had come. So the driver drove me in the mechanic's bus directly to school. So it seems like the, dr- the driver... Of the mechanic bus takes the original bus upon fixing Rather, it. Okay. No other bus comes, so this bus driver who's in the toilet goes get in. They then kind of hijack the mechanic bus and goes directly to school. Uh, oh, and so, so then Joel goes to the off. school office, signs in as late, told the assistant principal that the bus broke down, and she went, "Oh, so a whole fleet of buses broke down, did they?" <laughs> signed me off, and I left. I'm still indignant about that, says Joel. So there you go. I love people reaching out with past grievances. We need to have an airing of grievances episode, Henry. Mm, and a man with many grievances, Clive Palmer. Yeah. So we, we just got told this by someone, but apparently it's Clive Palmer's favourite suburb. Yeah. And I guess that's based on the fact that he's bought houses there. Botticelli apparently Street. Apparently an $11 million house, actually, which yeah. tops the 8.6 we heard about earlier. Yeah, this Botticelli house was base, was actually the base of his... Uh, Botticelli Street, rather, has a home there in Fig Tree Pocket, and it was the base of his deranged federal election campaign. Mm. Apparently, he, at all hours of the day, would be zooming his Mercedes in and out of the house, up and down the big driveway uh, with, I don't know, his big yellow billboards or whatever he was doing 
at the time. But remember, mate, that was a campaign, wasn't it? What was it? Make, oh, he just went with Keep Australia, Australia great, make again. Australia great again. He just fully lifted Trump. Which, his biggest mistake is Australia doesn't have a deep belief that we're great. No. In America, it worked because there's this idea of exceptionalism in the American dream. I think mm. the Australian dream is literally being as unexceptional as possible. Well, it's the Australian poppy dream, syndrome. Well, yeah. The Australian dream is two kids and a house with a backyard. Anything above that and fucking pull your head in, son. Clive Palmer should have gone with the slogan of like, Palmer United Party, get over yourself, Australia. Dead set. And they would have won. won in an absolute <laughs> landslide with get over yourself. Get over yourself. <laughs> I was at the girls' head of the river once and Clyde Palmer's oh, daughter yes, was Henry. racing. He landed... His daughter? His daughter was racing. He landed a helicopter in a field across from the Kiwana uh, water there. Awesome. Uh, watched the race, then got back in the helicopter and flew away. It was the most insane oh, thing I've ever is, seen. At that point, I would just have more fun driving there, hanging out for the day, a couple of snags. Yeah. You know, more than, loves more a than a couple for Clive. Yeah, bloody. Saw him at the movies once as well at Injo and he... Seriously. He had... He doesn't have a private cinema. No. Apparently yeah. not. Not Weird. even in the fig. Um, not even a Botticelli Street. Right. He also bought a river, he also bought Riverside Retreat, uh, which the uh, and friend of the show and keen on Pakistani Harry was pointing out that the Australian Financial Review reported just last week that all owners of that Riverside Retreat home have had criminal proceedings brought against them, and Big Clive is no exception. Which I hope is what people say about the Caxton Street Studios one yeah. day. Of everyone who's ever lived here has had had, has criminal, had a podcast had a, had a podcast uh, made about them hmm. and. Jeff and Harry, who are living here in 40 years' time. Uh, our sons. Yes, of course. Obviously. I know oh, that Jack's moving out, but um, Joe yeah. Rogan expressed some Joe interest Rogan, in yeah, moving yeah, in. Yeah, so. I heard a bit uh, from the yeah. great cricketer boys. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For Not in a million years. Uh, no way. Um, the only other thing we were going to say is, uh, remember the G20, which was big, big uh, international conference of leaders that took place in the old Brisbane. Apparently, all the president's spouses... Oh, yeah. Um were sent to Fig Tree Pocket. Wow. There was a lot of road blockages. Maybe, maybe and they like heard about the idea of the Fig Tree Pocket mums and they mm. thought that's where everyone's got to go, every spouse. Who play a lot of tennis, according oh, to Maddie. Yeah. So maybe. Which is true of, I think, everyone who has free time and is above the age of 40. Maybe. Even if you're the age of 20. Yeah, but all the spouses out there. Maybe that's where Michelle Obama wrote her memoir, Becoming Bored. <laughs> so true. Does Fig Tree Pocket fuck? I don't know. I'm torn. I'm I think torn so. in two halves. I think it might because. The energy of you can be as loud as you want. You can scream and moan yeah. because you've got no one can hear you screams. Yeah, in fig tree in pocket. a good way. In a good way. Yep. Um, chlamydia. The koalas. Yeah. They fuck. We and know. I think there's they a fuck. sort of cute Sunday morning. We fucked a lot last night, but now let's have a cute day where we go see the koalas. Energy. And I like think Lone Pine yeah. has a wonderfully romantic energy. I don't think it's this virginal. I love. But Australian then that's animals. not fucking. That's making love. Yeah. No, but I agree. I think yeah, but koalas fuck. I don't think they make Koalas fuck. Like you're not, you're not spreading chlamydia. Tasmanian devils, fuck. Fuck. Cassowaries, fuck. fuck like maniacs. Rainbow lorikeets, fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck. Rainbow lorikeets, loud. Fuck. And thank God they can make noise. Um, I would say also the fact that as we had a few people writing about huge house parties at Fiction yeah, Pocket. big fuck energy. Apparently in abandoned mansions, some of them. Oh, that's so Tian, um, you know, fantastic musician. Superstar musician was saying that yeah reckons oh. there was a, there was a bit of an abandoned home so I guess it was, was it for sale or whatever and there was like this huge fuck off party there fascinating I said to her I think I was at that which I absolutely was and I wasn't cool like a young no, musician but good of you to claim it through the official UB channels now Henry the other thing that I find kind of sexy and I, I think it's why I feature a pocket fucks which I'm coming around to, is the idea that everyone knows each other's business. Mm. It seems to be a great sort of like HBO miniseries, gossipy. Everyone a big knows. little lie. Yeah, literally like everyone knows who everyone's fucking. Which One has- Tree Hill, Fig Tree Pocket. Oh, very true. You know I mean? And we heard about this woman, Kathy Lammy. 
Yeah. Who apparently knows everyone's business. Now, I looked it up. She's like a real estate agent, but she's talked about with such a hushed reverence. I think she's like the unofficial mayor. Yeah, this is what a friend of the show and Keenan Pakistani Lydia was saying. She messaged us and said, Kathy Lammy, she's the kind of custodian of Fig Tree Pocket and she knows everyone's business which is helpful as a real estate agent because yeah. I guess you just start by knowing who's going to move yeah. who's going to you know who's been fucking the pool boy and who's going to divorce mm, exa- the pool girl yeah, exactly so yeah I think there's something hot out there I also think yeah, there's enough coming to fuck. young people sort of finding their way sneaking out to each other's houses at night oh, yeah. that it has a bit of a fuck energy Imagine late that. night in a leafy suburb fucks and, and the idea of just having those 400 people gathered around that original fig tree oh, I reckon that, that has Huge a, orgy, a, a like burning a man Orgy yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, fig tree pocket fucks. It fucks. Fuck tree pocket. And then I said, it's not my erection, it's my St. John's Wood. Thank you, sit down comedy club. Thanks, guys. A lot of fun. Fig tree pocket. We've had as many leaves as we can swallow. We've spoken about. Uh, we've had young Jewish people. We've, we've had, had old Jewish people. We've had jet skis. We've Koalas had it all. on jet skis with Jews. It's just what you want. So, it's been fantastic. Uh, We're yeah. one suburb away from going on hiatus. Let one us know. suburb and one episode about Scooby-Doo that may or may not happen. So we will be on hiatus if Joe agrees to the Scooby-Doo special. We'll have one more suburb come out. Uh, yeah, don't forget that we have a live show coming out, so keep yeah, your eyes save, peeled. Save up your job keeper. Save up your job seeker. Our tickets won't be crazy expensive. And same ha- as last time. Exactly. And uh, help us find a model. We would love yeah. to have our very own Zoolander out there. Because Henry and I taking these photos are just us dog shit. Dog I shit. want a gorgeous model, Henry, and I think we can absolutely find one. Fantastic. So we'll see you next week for the season two finale of... Of uh, Unpacking Brisbane. And until then, stay safe.